Trouble with Transformation, a serialised podcast by Alison Witt. Chapter 2. Letters from the Edge. Sometimes I get this strange electric feel, like a neon warning sign. Starts in my feet, a tingle, a prickly want to scratch its sense that something isn't right. I knew something was off kilter that first day, the day I received the note. I can't explain exactly how I know these things, and when I say no, I don't mean no, no. I never imagined things would kick off the way they did. On the day of the note, the tingle was out in force. My feet were restless, wanting to run away. From what? I had no idea, but I had a sense it was something significant, out of the ordinary. Not bottlenose beach extraordinary, like the time a great white shark was sighted off the coast and the beach closed for a week. This was something closer to home. See what I did there, Dad? I dropped in the shark bit to try and impress you. I sometimes do the same thing when I make friends with the overseas tourist kids. You know, talk up the snakes and spiders, big up the, you're in Australia now, the fauna can kill you, element. But the truth is, you get used to it, and hardly anyone ever actually gets killed by sharks or the other stuff. Anyway, long story short, I had the tingle. I was on warning. Something was going down. It was Friday afternoon, and I was leading the junior sports group along the back roads from the school to the beach. Everyone else was ambling along, caught up in the chat. No rush. But my head was somewhere else. It might have been the tingle. It may have been the fact I was avoiding a certain someone. Whatever the cause, my feet were on overdrive. Joggers, slapping the asphalt with toddler-like impatience. I pulled ahead, leaving my classmates behind. Then it was just me, the ocean, and that prickle under my skin, nagging at me like overdue homework. Our Year 10 supervisor, Mrs. Vandercoot, cooties, shouted out a warning. Ginger Jones, if you must lead the class, please do it responsibly. My feet slowed, only a little. Hair clung to my face as I wove between parked cars and away from the high school. My nostrils could taste the salt. You remember before all this, when you and I and Kat used to go on holiday in Devon? The buzz and the burn of the ocean in your lungs? I was only three, but I remember. I still love that. Are you absolutely sure we can't swim, miss? I shouted to Cooties, flashing an over-the-shoulder grin. I won't tell if you don't. One teacher cannot adequately supervise 30 children, Cooties replied, behind a brick wall smile. But we all surf. We could probably save you. A few snickers erupted in my wake. It was the response I was going for, but it only made me more sticky and irritable. Sure, I was funny. Now I was top dog. You're always funnier when people are scared of you. Enough smart talk, Ginger. The school insurance won't cover it. Kitty's lips puckered as though she'd sucked on a sour patch kid. I turned my face from her inside. My feet reluctantly slowed the group to a steady march. We tramped along for the last couple of blocks until we hit the boardwalk, collectively hopping and stumbling, 
ripping off socks and shoes to break free. Down the beach, waves were rolling into the shore, fizzing and foaming like a knocked-over firework. My toes twitched defiantly. I wasn't just being smart when I said I wanted to swim. As I deliberated whether or not to take a quick run down to the tide, a bunch of guys came past, boards, hugged tight into their armpits. On their way through, one of the surfers clipped my shoulder, sending me flying. Ow! I crashed onto the packed sand, shaving a layer of skin off my knees. Hey! A sorry would be nice, I shouted after my assailant. If he heard me, he didn't show it. He just kept on running, pacing along steadily with the rest of the pack, cutting through to the water's edge. It was easy to single him out. The other surfers were boy men with skinny frames and corded muscles. His hair was flecked with silver, and he was soft in the middle. Not a daily visitor to the break. Not a local. Gee, are you all right? A reassuring hand squeezed my shoulder. Another hand pushed the first away, taking a proprietary grip of my upper arm. She's fine, aren't you, Ginge? The owner of the second hand, still holding me tight, looked to the water's edge, where the silver surfer was disappearing under a wave. Then he shifted his line of sight and stared pointedly over my shoulder for a millionth of a second. Right at Danny. What a loser. Let's get the introductions over with, shall we? Danny Costa and Brian Harden. My best friend and my boyfriend. The latter from Brian's point of view at least. From my side, it's more complicated. I took a step back, releasing myself from Brian's hold trying to refocus the nervous energy buzzing inside me. I pulled a tube of 30 plus from my bag and proceeded to slather all over my face, arms and legs in a UV dodging frenzy. My skin's more like yours than cats, but it's still not enough to protect me from the Aussie sun. Need some bry? I asked, extending the sunscreen in his direction. Nah, Brian said, pushing the tube away. He gestured toward the volleyball net cooties and a few helpers were erecting. It'll make me hands all greasy. I'll fumble the ball. He took off towards the rest of the group without a backward glance. My smile wavered. I leaned forward, letting my hair fall like a curtain over my face. Danny looked up from scrounging around in his backpack and lifted the sunscreen from my outstretched hand. I'll take my chances. His eyebrows shot invisible darts at Brian. I bit my lip, trying not to laugh. What a clown. Danny took a shot of sunscreen and spread it across his nose and cheeks. Come on, he said, getting up to join Cooties. Let's show him how it's done. In a minute, okay? I said. I hunkered into the sand and reached for the front pocket of my bag, looking for some sort of distraction. Anything to quieten the nervous buzz. A bottle of water, a hairbrush, a gag with which to tie up that hurtful mouth of Brian's. When I pulled back the flap of my bag, a folded piece of paper shook free and started to fly off in the wind. I was too quick, though. My hand shot out, snatching it up. An old permission slip, probably. Maybe a piece of homework. I shook the paper free of sand and squinted against the glare. The typeset. The words. They were unfamiliar. It appeared to be a weird sort of poem. 
Bright was the star of our fearless leader. Lost the head of your house? I know where to find him. Meaning you would be a snap. Let me tell you about Terry's magnificent machine. Ugh. It wasn't even a good poem. There'd been a mistake. Somewhere along the way, I picked up someone else's work. The truth is, Dad, those words had no meaning for me at first. I'd forgotten. I'd stopped thinking about you. Or at least I'd trained myself not to think about you. A long time ago. But as I went to refold the paper, your name popped into my head. Terry. Terry's magnificent machine. Cold prickle crawled up my arms, down my spine. It was though a block was removed and all the bad stuff came flooding back, everything that followed the day you went away. Crowds of people standing in the grey and the wet, waiting outside our front door, hands grabbing at us as Cat bundled me up and pushed through. I sucked in a lungful of salt air, clearing my head. This had to be a joke. Someone was just messing with me. But why? A shadow fell across the page. What are you doing? The air ripped from my lungs. I looked up just in time to see Brian standing over me, bead of sweat falling from the end of his nose, painfully exploding upon contact with my eyeball. I sat up suddenly, hitting bone as I rose. Brian let out a howl. There was a vague whiff of iron amongst the seaweed and wild salt. He must have bitten his tongue. In the confusion, I scrunched up the note and hid it in the palm of my hand. Are you okay? I said, scrabbling around the bottom of my bag, hunting for tissues. I grabbed a fistful and pressed them into Brian's hand. You guys all right? Danny called from the volleyball net, mid-spike. He and Cootie started to hurry over, but Brian held up a hand. I'm fine, he said gruffly. Go back to the game. He turned to me. What were you doing? My throat tightened. I, I... Fortunately, before I had a chance to explain, one of the volunteer lifeguards came roaring up on his quad bike, churning up a golden arc of sand. Hey, missus, he said, calling out to Cooties. You're going to want to get these kids undercover quick smart. There's a whopping great storm due to rip through. Only the hardcore surfers and the crazies stick around for this. He shook his head, calling over his shoulder as he sped away. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. We'd better get packing, I said. Before Brian could grill me further, I pulled my stuff together and slung my backpack over my shoulder. Another lifeguard was down near the water's edge, waving in the surfers. The waves had doubled in size since I'd last noticed. There was no sign of the silver-haired guy, not that I was surprised. He hadn't looked nearly die-hard enough to be out in that surf. My fist curled around the note, still hidden in my hand. What on earth was going on? Whatever it was, I was going to nip it in the bud before someone dragged me into the past Cat and I had fought so hard to leave behind. But as we know now, dear Dad, the fun was only just beginning. <laughs>